Thank you for joining us for Light on the Path, an ongoing conversation designed to encourage you from the Word of God as you walk with Him. Please take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd also love to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship at Eastside Baptist Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Be sure to see the show notes for more information and connect with us online at eastsidethomasville.org. Thanks again and enjoy the episode. Well, good morning, everyone. It is Monday morning, Monday afternoon, maybe even Tuesday for some of you. I don't know when you're listening to this. But we want to be a part of the beginning of your week and just we've just set aside this time to try to be an encouragement to you. And where do we get encouragement? Well, we could offer some sort of inspirational quotes or there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But we believe uh, as Christians, as pastors here at Eastside Baptist Church, our foundation is the word of God. And if you'll root your life, if you'll build your life on God's word, it will send you on the path that he has for you. It will help you continue as you walk this week to walk it according to his will and for his glory, as we talked about last week. You know, one of the things, and by the way, my name's Sean Jacobs. I'm the lead pastor here at Eastside Baptist Church. I'm joined with by my outreach pastor, Pastor Bill Warren. It's good to be with you again today, and I'm excited about our our topic, the 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 the, the crux of what we're called to be and to do as Christ followers is to be like Christ. And we kind of get into a little bit about what Jesus's passion was as he was here on, on earth. So I'm excited to be here in conversation with you today. Yeah, amen. Well, we are as well really looking forward to this study. As we're looking at kind of part two to the story of the resurrection of Lazarus, a very um, popular story in Christianity, um, we started looking deeper into the story. We know that doctrinally, theologically speaking, at the crux of this is God proving that he was God. God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead, proving by his power to resurrect someone after four days, um, undeniably that he was dead, way beyond any of the resurrections that had happened up to this point, proving his deity, and that's super important. But what I loved about this passage, uh, Pastor Bill, is that we get to see God's heart behind. I always try Mm. to ask myself when I'm studying these narratives is why did he do it the way he did it? Why did he say that? Or why did he, uh, we know in human terms why we do what we do, crazy reasons. But when you're talking about holy God, God that never fails, never learns anything, uh, has has never done it better the second time. I mean, everything he says, everything he does is a perfect example. And I want to know my God's heart. I mean, I want to know how he thinks because I want to be like him. And as imperfectly as I do that, that is my desire. And we see here, I think, a crystal clear picture, more than the fact that Jesus could raise somebody from the dead. We see, and I'm not going to take it from you, <laughs> but we see something about God's heart, which I think is so valuable. Uh, it's so it's so easy as we read uh, even even the story John chapter eleven for those of you that are looking for where we are in Scripture John chapter eleven the story of Jesus ministering into the family that he loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus uh, in a time of need but uh, as we read these stories we often go to the sensational our eyes are drawn to the big events and and if we're not careful we just overlook the the heart the purpose behind it and that's such a dangerous reality. Um, 
in any component of life. So if, if I'm a, if I'm an athlete and I overlook the main purpose of the the team, the the goal of the team, I, I may have success individually, but we don't accomplish the goal. Or, or in business, the same can be true. Making much of what needs to be made much of. Well, in scripture, we have a, an obligation yeah. to do that. I was thinking, what about in church? Hmm. Boy, those of us who have grown up in church, we've been around church settings a lot. Can't we almost unintentionally forget about what the purpose actually is and what we're doing at church? And I think that's probably a big reason that a lot of churches have less and less church services, less and less get-togethers. It's a, they, they put everything into one time a week to where they're just jam-packing this awesome event that's just a showstopper to get everybody there one time, and then they send them off. And I don't know, something we've been, I know, Pastor Bill, you've been in on this with me, as we've been trying to examine everything we're doing here at Eastside Baptist Church, why are we doing this? We cannot fall back on the crutch as well. That's just the way it's been done. Or hmm. it's been on the shoulders of good men, and, and I'm sure it has, but that's really not the point. Are we living out a life that is based on the scriptures, that is based on and following after God's heart in everything we do? And it, it's been a wonderful journey for me. I know I'm a newer pastor, and I, I've probably messed it up a few times, but and I will continue to every once in a while. But it's been a great examination um, exercise as a pastor of this church to examine everything we're doing hmm. and what is God's heart behind this? What is God's purpose in us meeting on Sunday morning or Sunday night or on Wednesday night and how we're doing it and the methods we're using? It's so much deeper than a method. It's so much deeper yeah. than a time slot. It is, are we as God, we talked about last week, are we bringing glory to God with everything mm-hmm. we're doing? I mean, just because it happens in a church building doesn't mean it's bringing glory to God. Yeah, and and we're the body of Christ. We're called to be the body of Christ. So it's an, it's essential that we know what the head is believing, what the head is calling us to be and to do. Amen. And so that idea of biblical church, of of, of making sure that what we're doing in, 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 mo- in, in modern America and the culture that we live in, is accomplishing what God called the church to be because we know the call doesn't change. The The call to be the church doesn't change whether it was first century church or 21st century church. The call doesn't change. How What that looks like in real life may change, but are we being biblical in what we do and biblical in our purpose for doing it? Amen. So what does this passage show mm-hmm. us about God's heart? It's a beautiful passage. John John chapter 11, we, we, we're jumping right into the story. Jesus has heard about the death of Lazarus. He's heard about the sickness of Lazarus, Lazarus and his omniscience knows that it's a sickness to death for his glory, for the, for the glory of God. We're picking up in verse 17 as Jesus is showing up in, the, in, in Lazarus's hometown and is confronted by Mary and Martha and by those who are there to mourn the death of Lazarus. And we see in their confrontation, uh, we, we're given a glimpse into the heart of God as he has this, this loving conversation with people that we know he loved, that were part of his life, that were mm-hmm. part of his ministry. But we get a glimpse into the heart of God. And so as Jesus is showing up uh, in, in the community, Martha hears that he's there and she comes running out and, and immediately confronts Christ with an with an accusation in reality, an accusation about God, why didn't you do things the way we wanted you to do them? And if you remember, Mary and Martha had sent, had sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. And we see here what their, what their purpose was in that. And this is, if we're not careful, this is where we land so many times. We, we, we prescribe to God what to do rather than asking God uh, for his purpose to be done, for his will to be done. We prescribed to him how we want it done. And Mary and Martha comes running up and she said, if you would have only been here, Jesus, 
my brother wouldn't be dead. Yeah. And there's an element of faith in that statement, but it's again, it's the idea sure. of playing God and, and, and Jesus and Mary, and Martha makes another statement of faith in verse 22 that she knows that whatever Jesus asks of God, he will do for him. But Jesus says to her, thy brother will rise again. And then he begins this conversation with Martha and with Mary and with those who are around. And in this conversation, over a, a series of about 20 verses, we, we have a word repeated over and over again. And as we study scripture, one of those tools, one of those ways to kind of to truly to to identify the heart of a passage is to look for consistent words and thoughts and in this one it just it just jumps out at you as you read a word that appears time and time again jesus's purpose for what occurs in the life of lazarus and mary and martha his purpose for being in bethany at this point in time his purpose for his disciples having to journey through jerusalem a place that was uh, opposed to them and to their ministry his purpose in everything is affirmed in this word he uses over and over again. And that was the idea of belief, that they would understand who he was Amen. and believe in who he claimed to be. And it's interesting that that's not just Jesus's purpose. We see in scripture um, that that's actually Jesus living out the purpose of God, the purpose that Jesus was sent here for. God's heart is, and we're, to, we're told that God's heart is not that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We're told that in second Peter. And so God sends Jesus to earth with that same passion, that same purpose. The, the priority purpose is to allow people to understand who he is and believe in him. And because that was Jesus's purpose, his, what the, his method in this point was to allow Lazarus to die, which, which again, if we're viewing it through the lens of personal, mm-hmm. personal value, personal purpose if we're if we're self-focused in the conversation that's not that's not the end result we would ask god for but jesus's heart was belief and so he walks through this conversation with martha and then again with mary and then in his prayer at the end as he as he exercises his power over death and raises lazarus he lays out in his prayer father the purpose in this in this act is that people would believe and we see this throughout Jesus's ministry. So this, it shouldn't surprise us as we read John chapter 11 to see this prioritized because this was the, this was the crux of Jesus's ministry throughout, throughout his, throughout his time on earth. It started in the temple. He was about his father's business as a, as a young child. And throughout his ministry, he references back to the fact that my purpose, my reason for being here is to accomplish the will of the father. Well, sure. And, I think you know there's a real popular verse right in the center of this passage that I always knew growing up. You know, John eleven thirty five, shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept, right? And and as as this is happening in this passage, even the Jews in verse thirty six, John chapter eleven verse thirty six, their take on that was, oh, they saw him crying and they said, behold, how he loved him. And some of this said, some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? So they weren't really aligning themselves with Jesus. No. They were just noticing that he was upset, and it must be because Lazarus was dead. And I used to think that until, again, we look at some context here. Why would Jesus be upset that Lazarus was dead? I mean, he's getting ready to make Mary and Martha the happiest people on the earth. <laughs> Why would this be upsetting to him? It says on both sides of this verse that in verse 33, it says, 
when Jesus saw her weeping, okay, Mary, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And then we have that verse that Jesus wept. And then after that, again, it says, after um, it said, some of them which could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died. Couldn't he have healed Lazarus? Um, why is he so upset? You know, um, he should have done better. In verse 38, after that, Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. And this is where he tells Martha to roll back the stone. I, I don't believe Jesus was upset here. He had no reason to be upset here. He is getting ready to showcase his resurrection power. Jesus was bothered because they didn't believe. Mm. And this is the point of everything he did. And so much more than, wow, he resurrected Lazarus from the grave is why he did that. Hmm. And am I taking on that same philosophy? If Jesus would go through this much effort so that people would believe, how much effort am I going through? Hmm. I mean, how, how many times do I stop short of really put, well, you know, that's they feel how they feel. It's really up to them. Or And I just don't engage or I don't honestly push. And I'm not talking about being a salesman. I'm talking about having a heart for people that will not allow you to stop, that will not allow you to be bashful, that will not allow you to give in to your own feelings, but would love them so much like Jesus did here that it bothers me when they don't believe. Hmm. And not because I'm angry at them, but because I love them. It's interesting. So so Jesus is displayed. So in that reality, as we as we filter this story into our life and we try to apply mm-hmm. it into our life and and in our minds start to see those people who have who who our spirits grown over when when they express their unbelief, just even seeing how Jesus expressed the gospel, it wasn't even it wasn't Jesus pointed back to the idea, I want you to believe, but it was just a manifestation of his power. It was just it was Jesus being Jesus that, that yes. draws them into belief. And we see that was his heart. That was his prayer that happens in verse 40, uh, 42. He prays to the Father and says, uh, I know you hear me always, but because of the people which stand by, I say it that they, they may believe that thou hast sent me. His prayer to Jesus, or his prayer to God, uh, uh, raising Lazarus, um, points to the heart of belief. And we see the end result. People did believe. And that's the verse 45, I believe, yeah. says that many of those that saw believed. It wasn't necessarily a, a gospel presentation. It was just Jesus being Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the reason we, 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 we do stop short sometimes is because we've, been, we've bought into the idea that God, the gospel is some path, some, some prescribed conversation around the gospel. And we get, frankly, we probably get tired of saying it over and over again. But the gospel is what God has done in my life being, being displayed to others. And so the truth that God has performed in my life, the power of God displayed in my life. And so just being a, a, a representative of Christ to those that don't know him and being consistent in that and, and declaring that truth over and over again so with a heart and purpose, the expressed heart and purpose that they, they believe just as, just as Jesus's heart was here with Mary and Martha and yeah. Lazarus. It's, it's, it is sad to me. Um, we're called to be, we're called to be, um, ambassadors of Christ. We're called to look like Christ, to live like Christ. And here it's displayed throughout scripture. And you can't argue this truth. If you read scripture with an open heart, you can't argue this truth. This was the reason he came. This was the purpose of his ministry. And 
turn that back inward to me. What's the purpose of my ministry? Am I truly this focused that the power of the gospel is the priority in everything I do? Or do I allow self interests to come into play? Do I self promotion? Um, and that's so, so many times a temptation for those that are involved in, in vocational ministry to, to allow self promotion to become the, the, the focus rather than a savior promotion. And so am I allowing those, those barriers to come into play just like, and if we remember the last week's conversation, the disciples did, the mm-hmm. disciples argued against going to Bethany because they were afraid of their lives for their lives and for Jesus's life. Do we allow self-preservation, self-promotion to get in the way, or do we live a life that's truly focused on the gospel, the power of the gospel in our life, and then presenting that to those we come in contact with just as Jesus was? Isn't, isn't it interesting, even in this story, we see that death was never an issue with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, and more than we, I mean, we know he's God, so death couldn't hold him. We understand that. He, he understood that too, but I don't think that's the only reason. Because you never see death being an issue with anybody that's around Jesus. It is for them, but not for him. Like he, he's not he's not concerned with death, not concerned with death for his disciples, not concerned with death to somebody that's sick. I mean, you know, he's healing people all over the place. He's he's doing all sorts of these wonderful things. But more than that, I think is again you see his heart that death is not the end. And I don't know. I can become so focused mm. on this life that it becomes without even thinking about it it becomes all about this life and this little speck of temporary life down here amidst the vast expanse of eternity with God and it becomes I mean even to the point that everybody's everybody's upset about death one way or the other see the disciples they're upset they don't want to they don't want him to die don't want to die when they go down to Jerusalem Mary and Martha are upset because Lazarus died I mean death and death and Jesus Christ is not concerned about it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, he raises Lazarus from the dead, but even this very miracle, as you pointed out, verse 45, because of this miracle, this is the hinge pin that led to his death on mm-hmm. the cross. And there was so much within the process. It wasn't, I don't, I don't know about you, Pastor Bill, but I can just empty um, all Christianity into one statement, Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. And I can forget that there's an entire life and a path that was lived that before that. that. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. The the disciples fear of death would have prevented them from going to Bethany. Jesus's knowledge of his death still, even with the knowledge of death, went to Bethany. And even on the cross, you're talking about death never was the, was never a barrier. Even on the cross, two, two thieves hung with G or, or hung with Jesus on the cross. Um, one says, Hey, if you're the, if you're the Christ, save yourself and save us, get us off this cross. That's that's that that's that worldly view of salvation of the power of God. Right. The second cross, uh, the second criminal says, "Remember me when you're in heaven." And Jesus, Jesus addresses the second one. Right. He says, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." Doesn't even address the first request when he had all power and authority to save himself and those off the cross. And so, yeah, death is death when viewed through the spectrum of eternity. Death is is just an, another step on. Our timeline—it's not the end that we we view it with so much in our in our earthly mindset. And so, beautiful picture: the heart of God, the heart of Christ, as He ministered on Earth, was for the for those He ministered to to believe in who He was for the purpose of redemption and salvation. And can we, with honesty, say that's the heart uh, heartbeat of our mission, of our purpose on life? 
So it's an interesting challenge, um, something we can ponder as we go through the week ahead. And as God gives opportunity, uh, let me challenge you, live out the gospel. Look for ways to, to, as I respond to life around me and the realities of life, just as Jesus was with, with la- the death of Lazarus, am I pointing people to God? Am I declaring the gospel in a way that makes it appealing? And people have an interest in the gospel as I walk away. So take that with you today as you go into your week. We pray that it's a, it's a profitable week in family and in work and in your pursuit of Christ and that we will see you uh, as we gather together on Wednesday night or on, on Sunday in our services. Thank you for joining with us today. It's been a pleasure to walk through this passage with you. We look forward to doing it again next week. Amen. Uh, uh, we, we are really looking forward to being with you in seven days. And I, I just pray and hope that the rest of today and the rest of this week equals out to you bringing glory to God, you removing the things that would keep you from drawing others to see Jesus for who he is, because I know you want your heart to be just like his hmm. so that they will believe in him. We're his hands and feet. We're, we're, we're sent here for this purpose. We're, we're given this mission. So let's accomplish that mission this week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a great Monday.